What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? And how we doing? Welcome in. What's the spread? Happy football season to everybody out there. You know, I turned on on the game last night. Yep. Opening, you know, game, Chiefs-Texans. And uh, the first thing I noticed, all right, was the crowd noise, right? And I was like, oh, man, the crowd noise sounds incredible. But then here's the thing. Brad, was I born yesterday? They were. Then I saw fans in the stands. Yeah. Did you know that they were allowing fans in the stands? Yeah. Where have I been? There's I, only, I, I only two stadiums that. right now that are allowing fans. Um, what is it? The Dolphins and the Chiefs. So so that's it. It's just two. Yeah, that's what they said last night. 17,000 fans allowed in the stands at Arrowhead. That's a lot. That's a lot of fans. That's a UCF game. So my mind all of a sudden just started spinning, yeah. right? And. I'm coming in hot today, so so get ready. Okay, hit me. Today we are talking about, we get to talk about some college games, get to talk about some pro games. We got Joey Burrow making his oh, man. Um, debut on Sunday. So many things to be excited about. The, the, the one thing that's still missing from the football season is college football. Yes. And even though we have a slate of games tomorrow and, and they've been playing, we have the ACC, we have you know some Big 12 games. What's missing? Well, first of all. You already know. We already know. Yeah. Big 10. Big 10. Missing. SEC is missing until October. Yep. And, you know, I was telling my dad that, you know, I was like, hey, this doesn't feel normal yet. And he's like, oh, th- this feels really normal, you know, wa- you know, watching the game. And it was for NFL, but not having the opening slate of college football on Labor Day weekend felt a, it was, there was a hole in my heart that was just, it's still there. Labor Day weekend was interesting. Um, it just wasn't the same. betting standpoint. I mean, it was in this... Labor Day weekend, you know, if we're if I'm not on a family trip, me and you were in a sports book somewhere, and so this Labor Day weekend, I was on both. I was on a sports trip and uh, and I was in a sports book. I was in a family trip and a sports book, and I had no interest in betting whatever weird games we had. Right. And it was a weekend where on Labor Day weekend we could actually have fantasy football drafts, which yeah. was never the case yeah. because I would never schedule fantasy football drafts on that weekend because that is college football. Yes. All right. So you mentioned the Big Ten. Yes. It's missing. All right, 17,000 fans allowed in Arrowhead Stadium last night, and this is why I'm angry, all right? For a lot of reasons. Yeah. The Big Ten, first of all, has had no transparency with information. Zero. Correct. And as it stands today, there is a, apparently, there is another vote coming down uh, either this weekend or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. No one knows when the fuck the vote is happening. (laughs) And I feel like it's been like this for months. You know, it, it's like I feel like I'm back pre-baseball season where it's like for for a month it was we didn't just know what baseball was going to happen. Right. Yeah. You know if that was going to happen, who do you trust? But this this thing that okay, uh Ryan Day came out yeah. yesterday. Pope spoke publicly, made a statement about wanting his team to play. And everybody in the media is just throwing down on Ryan Day about what of course you want to play. You're good enough to compete for a championship. This is ridiculous. Yeah. How? What am I missing here? Of, yes, of course he wants to play. Ohio State is good enough to win a national title. So why shouldn't he come out and say that we're good enough to win? We want to play. And just because Rutgers doesn't want to play football doesn't mean that Ohio State shouldn't be competing for the, for the playoff. What blows my mind is how are we possibly able to have numerous football games 
throughout the football season. But the Big Ten, what is the big in in Ohio, in Michigan? Do they do they catch COVID easier than anywhere else? And and not to mention high school football being played in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, that's really weird. And in Pennsylvania, which is super weird. Yeah, yeah. and in Pennsylvania, and you know, so so all of that is still happening. And there are ways to play these games safely. Yes. I mean, SEC, I mean, a- ACC, Big 12, they're playing games. Is COVID, you know, are, are, are COVID cases prevalent? Yes, yes, of course they are. That's that's the world we live in today, Brad. Yes. Like, like, that is not going, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. It, so, for us to just say, well, it's not safe to play. And... It's not safe to go to school. It's it, it's not this safe to go outside. Yes. If if, that, if that's you know if the that's, if that's the point we're trying to yes. make. All right. And here's here's the other side of the coin that I want to talk about. Okay. Here, all right. Also, is that because never in my life, and I promise that we're gonna get to our picks, and I prom- I promise that we're gonna get to the games, but never in my life did I think that I would be talking about any kind of politics on this podcast. But when politics start to affect the things that I love, yes, which is sports. Okay. All right. That's when it gets serious, and, yep. th- and that's when it may be time to start talking about it, because yeah. this has become very political, oh, and it's not something that any of us wanted. Yep. And also, when I say, you know, politics affecting stuff I love, sports is what I love the most, right? Politics is very important, but I've never been the guy to take a hard stance yeah. on the right or left. Yeah, you know, I've, I've always been here, just kind of living my life, and like to listen to both sides, like, you know, we've, we've had those conversations too. Yeah. But... Right now, it is directly influencing Big Ten football, and that's why it is becoming so clear to me right now that this is a political issue. Because the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are playing. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 are not. Yeah. And the common denominator here is seems to be right states versus left states. Yep. And, and taking that stance, because when it comes to COVID, right... On the left, the safe thing to do is not do anything. And on the right, it's let's live our life. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. Like, like that's kind of what it looks like, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind mean, of, yeah. Those are the real, like, that's the spectrum. And, and, and now we're seeing that with the media. So many articles I'm seeing on ESPN previewing college football. And the first thing they do is talk down to Ohio State fans and talk down to the Big Ten and talk down to us being like, oh, my God, the, the Big Ten made the right decision. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with Ryan Day? Oh, but we got the SEC in October, See, baby. That, that's what's crazy is the double standard. That's what is it is. How, you know, and you know, y'all know I love Alabama. You know I love Alabama. Right. And when Saban says something like this, this is what Saban said. It is safer for our kids to be with us than it is to let them Damn free straight. and do whatever they want. And Preach I it. wholeheartedly agree these kids, like, you think about it. These kids who are college athletes, the good majority of them are being pretty smart because they want to yeah. stay healthy. They want to stay healthy because they have a future in yes. front of them. The second you take that football season away from them, no, no telling what they're doing. Right. I mean, with all of the preseason activities for you know the big Big Ten schools, Ohio State and Penn State, yeah. Michigan, we were being so careful. So many medical professionals, so many masks, yeah. you know, so much discipline. Yes. That was the one thing I noticed with the Ohio State players going into training camp was the discipline yep. that they had in staying healthy and being that way. And going to the SEC for a second, they ran into some issues with COVID early on, yeah. but we're playing football in a couple weeks. And I like Nick Saban coming out and defending his conference, de- defending what his program has put together yes. to keep his players safe. Yes. And, you know, as as we already previously mentioned, there is no such thing as 100% safety in this world 
or the pre-COVID world. Correct. Like, there is no such Correct. thing. Correct. So all you can do is put your players and their families and everybody in a position where they can play the game they love safely, and it doesn't jeopardize their future. Because now we yes. got kids, you know, specifically from, from the Big Ten who, yeah, are they going to get drafted, you know, come... April or May yes. when the draft is, most likely. But there are so many other players who are never going to get that chance yep. to show what they could have done on the football field. You know, a, a lot of people are, are saying, you know, for Ohio State, it's about winning a championship. Of course it is. Of course that's what this is about. Yeah. Because, and this is the last point that I wanted to get into before we get into the games, all right? This is going to set back the Big Ten Conference by five years, minimum. And this is what I, this is what I mean by that. You and I always talk about Big Ten versus yeah. SEC, right? Because to me, it's one of the best storylines in college football. Yep. Because if you look at the slate of games each and every week, it's the Big Ten and the SEC coming in with the best games. Yes. They're the best conferences. They have the best brands. Yep. The best recruits. All of it. And then you got Clemson in a league of their own. Yes. Big 12 is entertaining, but Oklahoma wins every year. Yep. And the Pac-12 is just out doing their own thing. In yeah. They, I mean, playing, that's, that's basically what college hair. football yeah, is, yeah. right? All right. So, when it comes down to it, with... With Ohio State trying to find a way to play, it just seems like there are no there are no answers right now. Yeah. Like like for for that conference. And it's just again, I hope that when I come back here next week, we're talking about a different story. But I'm not doing a call football preview until I get a definitive answer that Ohio State is either gonna be there or not be there. Because let's talk about the five years thing. All right. I think Ohio State would be able to recover from this in due time. Yes. One, two, three years. I think Ohio State can make the playoff next year, but they're not going to beat Alabama and they're not going to beat Clemson. Not with the year off. N- not with the year off, right? No. So they go into the playoff and they get their ass handed to them again. And, you know, and all of a sudden we're back another year. That's Ohio State. Yeah. Think about the rest of the conference, yeah. Brad. Think about all those teams. Think about Michigan and Penn State. How about Minnesota, who was on the brink of building an actual and program? And now they crumbling down because they're going to have no, no field time, no right. real field time. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's absolutely nowhere to go for a program that was on the rise. You know, yep. Nebraska wants to play football because they're trying to find an identity. All of these things matter and yeah. they're so important. And it comes down to, well, if the SEC is playing in the ACC and the Big 12, okay, then why are we not trying to play? Yeah. It, it, it just, it's, it's come down to a point where Kevin Warren and the Big 10 made a stance because they thought that everybody else would follow. Nobody followed suit. Now they're. Now they're backed into a corner, yep. and now it's all about pride. Yeah, it, it's 100% it's about, pride. about pride. I'm so glad you said that because they're looking around. Like, literally, get off your high horse. Look around. Look, read the room. It's a, a simple read the room. Yeah. And pride, you're going to let pride. This conference is going to crumble. Yes. I, I, I mean, it's they will not recover from this. It will be the greatest mistake I have ever seen. In American sports history, I, I've ne- I've never seen a bigger mistake, a bigger scandal. It will cost them that much in terms of identity, identity, power, identity. This is what that money, is. Money, everything. Yeah, like just being able to compete. You know, this is why I love talking college football with you, though, because we know it's more about it's so much more about a five star recruit, yeah, or you know, or a big coach, or it's a package, yeah, it's everything, yeah. It, it, it's it's what you represent. No one has more pride for the Big Ten Conference than I do. No one roots for all of our teams in the conference more than I do. But this is turning me against my own conference, and I hate that. Yeah, It makes me so sick to my stomach that 
I actually want to see Ohio State leave this conference that I love more than anything. I want other teams to be successful too so that we can provide great college football and great marquee matchups. Absolutely. Same thing about the SEC. I mean, wouldn't you rather have Alabama playing number two LSU than playing unranked 0-4 Syracuse? Yeah, absolutely. That's why we love our conferences so much. But this is going to set everybody else so much farther back that Ohio State is just going to run through the conference. And And you might ask like, well, isn't that what you want? I mean, yeah. Iron sharpens iron, though. Like <laughs> I want to do it with strong competition. Yes, the iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. And I, I, I just had to get this off because I'm glad. We, I'm glad we, we haven't been talking about it. And, and so. again, I hope we come back here uh, next week, and I hope we're talking about something a little bit different. And I hope that we're able to preview the Big Ten. But seeing these college football playoff previews and seeing no Ohio State when everybody would have had Ohio State and Clemson in the national championship, and now it's Bama Clemson in the national championship. Yeah. Because those are the three best teams. Yep. Absolutely. Every year. Every year. Um, it, it just, it really leaves me in a spot where it, this is going to be hard for me. This is going to be a tough football season. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, I, I hope that Joe Burrow <laughs> can uh, take all the pain away and lead the Bengals to the playoffs. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I, I do want to see some great college football games. I can't wait for the SEC to kick off. Yes. Can't wait to start talking about those games. Um. But we have games tomorrow. We have games tomorrow. They're not great, oh my but God. here we go. We're actually going to pick some spreads. Didn't I didn't think that we would be here, but here we are. Empty stadiums. Empty sta- Wait, hold on. Not all of them are empty. No, oh, yeah, that's right. Not not all of them. But also, I w- I'm glad you said that because yeah. this is kind of bothering me. Me. You know me. I love hearing the bands. How on earth can they not have the bands, but you can have students? It, it, it's how, how are the bands not allowed? Yeah. In like, the stadium... I just you can socially distance them either easier than you can the uh, the fans. Have you seen all of the videos of all of these college parties where just nobody is social distancing? No, it's like yeah, I've seen them. Wait, what are you protecting these kids from? It's like they're either going to protect themselves from it, yeah, or it, you just got to let them go. It's like it's like it's like giving the good college try. We tried. We said yeah. we were protecting them. You can set these rules in the place, but again, like a ban situation. I mean, there's. COVID cases would be inevitable, but oh, okay, if you test positive for COVID, it's probably because you're going to the frat party yeah. or because you're... Not because you just, went to band practice. because you went to band practice or a football game. Yeah. I mean, there were fans at the Miami game last night. Um, I'm sure that we're going to see you know, fans in some capacity across stadiums. Yeah. And then you got the Big Ten that isn't even going to try to play. Yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. 17,000 fans at Airhouse Stadium. 17... Just crazy. Okay, so... A little bit of a different feel. College football is all about the environment. You know, it's all about the atmosphere. We're not going to have that this year. So it's going to be a little different. This was hard for me because, you know, I put so much stock. We always did into home games. Um, We did, right. And now you think about home games are even more so without the fans. The travel's way different because we're not really doing non-conferences. And when we are, it's like, I mean, well, we have like a couple non-conference games. We have... The first game we're talking about is a non-conference game, but so weird. I'm actually really glad that you brought that point up because, you know, I see the spreads in the NFL aren't really too different to me because it's the NFL. Yeah. They're professionals. You know, home will give you about three points here or there. Yeah. But in college football, these spreads are going to be way different yes. than if it was an or if it was an actual crowd. Or, yep. I mean, it's just, it's going to change everything. So, when we're looking at bad college football games, this is going to take some adjustments. Yes, tread lightly is what I'm doing this whole college yeah. football season. Pick the games that you want to watch and, and, and bet on those games, yeah. but 
definitely this is going to take some adjustment. This, I mean, the, the NFL is always just complete mayhem when it comes to betting. Yep. Uh, week, week to week, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. trends are always so Absolutely. different. But, you know, with college football, I think it's going to get progressively better uh, as we start to see. I, I mean, look, we saw uh, last uh, on Labor Day, BYU and Navy. Yes. We saw what an unprepared football team can look like in COVID. And it's 50, what was it, 51 to 3? Yes. Wait, okay, so I had sent this, this stat out to you. Teams so far, there's oh, yeah. been four this games, four marquee games that have happened. Teams that have had more spring practice than their opponents are 4 0 against the spread. Which makes sense to me. Obviously. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that because here, with BYU and Navy, the spread was one and a half. Yes. There was no, I mean, there wasn't a lot of talent discrepancy with those two no. teams. No. But you see what a lack of preparation or just a team who just. Their head may not be in the game. Yeah. You see what a big difference that makes here. I mean, there, there, imagine, there's so much imagine to take life in. like uh, as a Navy student. Right, you're having to deal with oh, so, so much. much. Yeah, and, and BYU just travels across the country and just smacks them in the mouth. Yeah, like I hello. Mean. So Goodbye. I, I think there are gonna, there are going to be a lot of those games that happen that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I do too. And, totally and I, I, th- I think we're going to see some of those tomorrow. But what we can do is talk about them, get into them, and let's talk about the first one. We actually got a pretty good one here. Yes, we, we do. Got? We have Louisiana at number 23, Iowa State. Iowa State is giving 11 and a half points here, Miles. Let me hear what you have to say about this. Good old 12 o'clock p.m. kickoff. Uh, I've seen the line move to 11 in some spots. Here's the thing. I In week one, I've been bitten so much by the bug of a really good group of five teams yes. playing in Iowa State or playing in Oklahoma or, oh, well, that's it. You know, Cincinnati playing Ohio State. Yeah. I'm taking Iowa State here. Iowa State all the way. All the way. I mean, what is Okay, 11 and a half points. We know Louisiana has a great offense. and they Eli have, Lewis. Yeah. Legit. So good. Yeah. And, and they got eight starters coming back yes. on that offense. That was top 10 in the country last year. But if you look at the schedule, guys, they play in the Sun Belt. Yes. They're a great group of five team. And Louisiana has a great but group of they five lost program. To, they lost to... Um, Appalachian State. App State, in, yeah, in yeah. The title game. 11, they they yeah. won 11 straight wins, get to the title game, and then lost. Right. And I'm also glad you brought that up. It was a 45-38 shootout against App State, but then in the regular season, App State held them to seven points. Yes. I mean, I think Iowa State's defense can be good enough here that if this does become some kind of shootout, guys, Iowa State has a ton of firepower. Brock Purdy's Brock coming Purdy. back for another season. I feel like we've been talking about this guy for years, but it's because he was such a stud when he was a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, and all yeah. Brock, Brock Purdy's going to be on a mission this year. Because all he wants to do is build up those dollar signs, yeah. boost up his draft stock. This is a good team. It is, and, and, and it's you know a place where Matt Campbell are gonna he's gonna have these guys ready to play. Because I think Iowa State is a great example right now of we are going to see teams that want to be here. Yes, and we're gonna see teams that do not want to be here. Yes, that is going to happen. And, and I hate to say it, but we are gonna see that from time to time. But Iowa State is a great example of a team on a mission. Yeah, and. I think that it's going to start here. I mean, 11 and a half. Louisiana finished the season last year 1 and 4 against the spread. Um Brees Hall coming back again, so again, the running game for Iowa State yep. also really good. So, I'm expecting some kind of shootout here, but I, I, I think I Iowa State pulls think it's away be as high as people think. Um Oh, talk to me. 
my fear here is like what you said, where we get into the situation where like FAU versus Oklahoma, where right. we think these teams are going to compete. They right. put up a couple points, but then at the end of the day, you have like an Iowa State putting up 45 points. Yeah. And then Louisiana struggles to get to that 21 mark, that 28 mark. Louisiana one and four uh, gets to spend their last 12, uh, last four games against the Big 12. There's a reason. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason. And there's also a reason why teams like Louisiana perform so well. It's because they're playing against their their competition. You can only play the schedule that you're given. But then when you open the season against a hungry team, against a hungry leader who's, what was his third year starting? Yeah. Um, thir- three years. He's, in- a, he's a senior this year, right? Purdy? I think he's a redshirt junior from. Oh, okay. So so he was so he was a redshirt freshman. Then, yeah, I, I think when he broke onto the scene, like so, cra- damn, uh, he could come back for another year. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So, I'm taking the. I'm gonna go ahead and lay the eleven and a half points, and I don't have problems or reservations. Like when we first started like picking the games we were going to, you know, I actually almost fell into that trap of the eleven Same. and a half. I was like, oh, Louisiana's oh, got this. And then right. the more I no dug way. into the game and thought about it, I was like, this is an easy game for the public to be like, Louisiana's. Legit. Yeah. You see that offense? Right. Boom. Get smacked. Sim- just like I'm gonna put this just like that Miami game. Right. Where oh Miami's it's just Miami. And then you have a senior you have a good leadership quarterback like uh Derek King come in, and then you see UAB who's playing the bright lights, playing power five conference, and they're struggling. And UAB has a good offense. Yeah. And a good team. So good team, yeah. Great example. Miami covered last night. All right. Moving on. We got another ACC matchup here. This is actually a conference game. Conference game. We got Georgia Tech and Florida State. Florida State, 12.5-point favorites in Tallahassee, Doe Campbell Stadium. Going to be a little bit of a different feel, obviously. Yep. Okay. Uh, There's too many unknowns for me with Georgia Tech right now. What, they starting the freshman quarterback? Uh, Right. Uh, Did you see that they're not announcing their starting quarterback? They didn't announce it? They're not announcing it publicly because they got four different guys and they want every advantage possible. Here's the thing for this game, and I'm just going to... I'm I'm taking Florida State minus 12 and a half. Okay. And the reason for that is... Okay, so there are some uh, unknowns on the Georgia Tech side, but there also are some unknowns on the Florida State side. Yeah. Mike Norvell has not had the smoothest start to his regime in Tallahassee. <laughs> it, it's been a little bumpy. I yes. mean, there was a threat of a player boycott, and there's miscommunication, and... But the talent difference on the field for this game... Is where I'm leaning. And last year, Georgia Tech, first year not in the Paul Johnson triple option. Uh, they're still working out their spread attack. Obviously, they're still deciding on a quarterback. They were 3-8-1 against the spread last year. And we got James Blackman at quarterback for Florida State coming in with a lot you of know, experience. Um, and, and I think the, the reason the line is, is I consider this a favorable line for Florida State betters. I think the, the line is set so because... They, they, Vegas wants to lure people into thinking that, you know, James Blackman turnover issues. Yeah. Um, Norvell first year coming Which he has in, had. No Cam Akers. Let's not forget about the bad man named Marvin Wilson. Let's not forget about arguably the best defensive line, if not one of the best defensive lines in the country. They announced the four, they announced the four preseason All-American watch for defensive linemen. Crazy. When I saw it, two of the players were on that Florida State defensive line. Talent. I mean, that's really what this game comes down to in this line is that yes. the talent difference, it feels like a steal taking Florida State. I'm assuming that, that you're on that I'm side on as Florida well. I'm on Florida State. I um, I had written this, wrote the score down. Um, I, I I think I put it something like 35-14. Uh, and yeah. it was a 35-generous like 14. Yeah. Like a garbage time 14. 
So much talent. I mean, again, but here's the thing. Florida State's got talent every year. They just haven't been able to put it together. Yes. But Georgia Tech could be the worst team in this conference. Yes. And again, second year in this offense. They don't even have an identity. No identity. Don't know who their quarterback is going to be. On the road. Uncertainty with COVID. This is just going to be where talent just overplays. Georgia Tech scores Georgia 16 Tech points per game while allowing 32. They were horrible. Florida State, say what you want about Florida State's finish last year. I heard people say Florida State finished amazing. Florida State finished terrible. Florida State did what Florida State had to do to get better every week. And I think they did that. And what's the benefit to Florida State in this game is experience. Right. When you have, exactly. Uh, we're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. When you have defensive players coming back, they lose Brian Burns. But I think Brian Burns was great, replaceable. When you have a disruptive D-line with a lot of experience, a lot of starts on their belt, when you have a, let's say, let's say um, Georgia Tech starts the freshman. Let's say you have a freshman quarterback with pressure in his face. This is going to be All a day. long game long, for him. Long game. I think Florida State wins by 20-plus. I'm with you. I liked that 35-14 and that it was a generous 14. Yeah. I, I can see Florida State scoring over 40. Yeah. I mean, especially, oh, we haven't even talked about the offensive change. Mike, Dor- Mike Norvell is an offensive genius, yes. folks. He knows where his playmakers are and how to use them. Yep. I mean, if, if I'm a Florida State fan, and th- I think this might be the first time I've actually given them hope on this podcast in years. <laughs> I love the Mike Norvell hire. I do too. I thought it was a home run. And it was a little rocky at first. I think he's going to get in there, find the identity. He's a great coach, great offensive mind. Uh, and so I think Florida State's going to score a lot of points this year. I do too. I, I'm excited. All right. Moving on here. We got Syracuse and one of the most hyped teams in the country, number 17, North Carolina, the Fighting Mac Browns. North Carolina minus 23 and a half here. In this uh, conference matchup. A lot of points. Stop me now, but I am... I cannot take the points with Syracuse. I cannot do it. I understand. North Carolina is returning what? Was it 11, 10 starters on offense? What? We got a hype train here with Sam Howell. I mean... Mac Brown is... I don't He's know, killing him. I don't know what he said to his players. But he did two things very smart. Started the young guys with, with high ceilings. So you have them, they have to come back, and they convince the older guys that we're building something here. Come back and join us. Right. I think that this team can be scary dangerous. Um, I did put them in my top four in the ACC, and I was comfortable with doing that. I had them uh, slated th- third right now. Um, Syracuse stinks. They Syracuse oh, is another team that's missing that identity. I think Syracuse is probably going to be second to last in the yep. conference behind or just ahead of Georgia Tech. Syracuse is perfectly okay with getting slapped around. Um, another spot I like, it wasn't on the podcast, but another spot I like in this game is that first half um, first half spread. I think it's like 11 and a half. I do think they come out firing fast. Um, one thing that scared me, North Carolina did play a, a, some, some, some tough, close games last year. But on the other side of the ball, you think about you have um, Syracuse. They don't even know what a close game is. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be hard for me to to argue the other side, but I am going Syracuse here with the points plus 23.5, if not just for the reason that, for me, it's a little too high for the first game of the season. North Carolina, I think, is going to be one of the better teams in the country this yeah. year. There's, there's no doubt about it. But for this game in particular, all it's going to take, I think, is just one North Carolina mistake or one big turnover or maybe a garbage-time touchdown for Syracuse. To cover this spread. Now, I will. I, I, I would love to buy this up to 24 or 24 and a half just to get a little yeah. bit of insurance. Um, but again, I can't disagree with anything that you said there about North Carolina. Uh, Syracuse 
searching for an identity. Tommy DeVito was supposed to be a really good successor last year. Uh, had a really disappointing 2019, really but still coming in with some experience here on the road, hoping that Dino Babers can put together some offense. Uh, and I'm going to have him covering the 23 and a half here. Like I said, I mean, it's tough to lay these many points, especially in a conference game. So difficult. So and in a week one. That's why I like the first half a little bit concerns. more. But yeah, no, I, I actually really do like that first half yeah. bit too. Uh, I think I would feel more comfortable taking that. But when it comes to the, you know, to the game overall, I'm going to buy it up to 24. Uh, but I'll go with Syracuse here. And again, guys. This is tough, man. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to bet on tomorrow. No. <laughs> yeah. We're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. The next game we got is number one Clemson. 34 point 34 favorite. Point Visiting favorite. Wake Forest. Nice nighttime game. Miles. This is the college game day game. Miles, what are we going to do with college football this week? God. This is the this is where college game day is. Okay. Oh man. Last year, 2019. This was you wouldn't even say last year. What was this, like eight months ago? Yep. Clemson beat Wake Forest 52-3, to and Jamie Newman was the quarterback for Wake Forest. Wake Forest is getting worse. 52-3. to Defensively, Wake Forest is scrapped. Over. Offensively, they're scrapped. Clemson minus 34. All I'm, over it. He's, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm surprised it's not higher. I Maybe it's because they're on the road. I, maybe there's some... I don't know, man, but... Come on, let's think about this. You have... Two of the best highly touted draft picks offensively. And they're going to be coming in ready to go. Versus a team who lost their starting linebacker, lost their starting strong safety to the draft. And those were their own. I'm sorry for disrespecting you, Wake Forest. Those were their only good defensive players yep. in my eyes. And now they're scrapped. Right. They're, this is going to be a bloodbath. Outscored, uh, Wake Forest outscored 115 to 6 if you count their last two meetings. So how is this year going to be any different than Wake Forest not being able to score. Like, I'm trying to see holes in Clemson that... It's hard to, right? That, I mean, you know, that a team like Wake Forest would right. be able to exploit. And Man, they are so airtight. They don't turn the ball over. They're strong on the offensive line, defensive line. They're they're one of those programs, too, in the country that, you know, COVID doesn't affect them. It's, no. it's like Ohio State, Bama. They've been ready to play football for months. Yes. This is what they do. This is yes. what Clemson football does. They're going to come in prepared, ready to go. God, I got like another 52 to 3 game here, or just to be generous, maybe like 52 17. Uh, like, if Wake Forest scores a touchdown, it will be their only touchdown of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that is how, and I'm feeling very confident about that. Um, I'm thinking I, I want to take the uh, under points total, but I don't want, my only fear is Clemson destroyed them last year, but Jamie Newton couldn't catch a spark, um, but they were still. Feel like they were in it mentally because you, when you have a quarterback like Jamie Newman, you always feel like you're in it. Right. I think they won't be in it at all. Clemson puts up a big number really quick, and then let these freshmen Huge. play. I'm all over Clemson first half on this one. That's probably easy. Gonna, that's probably going to be my favorite bet of the day. 35-0 first half. 35-3 first half. Lock it in. Easy. Lock it in. All right. So I mean, this is a good day to, to take the favorites, in my opinion. Yes, um, I agree. You know, with with these games, I mean, with with any of the games, really. Um, just because I feel like there's a lot of talent discrepancy in these matchups. Yes. All right, man. Uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, well, you know what's funny? I thought we were gonna talk. About, I thought we were gonna talk for ten minutes, but leave it to us to talk about horrible college football forever. games <laughs> forever. And ever I, and ever. I have my little pail over here, and I was like, just in case I need to throw up talking about this trash. Like, oh god, let me just grab horrible. it. Horrible. Okay. Talk to me about what we got in the NFL. Oh man, so. 
I love the NFL. Not as much as I love college football, but you know what I love about the NFL is marquee matchups. We have Dallas Cowboys, three-point favorite at the Los Angeles Rams. Nighttime game. This has, this has me fired up. Oh, my God. Like, like, the games we're getting in the NFL this week. Oh, I'm so fired God, up. the 8-8 eight eight Cowboys take on with a 9-7. Did they tie last year? 1-9-7 and 1, something like that? Something like that. Oh, man. We got uh, right. Oh, and it's the opening of the new L.A. Stadium, new, which is new L.A. Stadium. Beautiful, beautiful uh, by the way. That's a shame. That new we, jerseys yeah. for the Rams. Yeah. Everything to be excited here, Miles. But, yeah. you know, there's a couple things that are going against the Rams that just make this minus three, even on the road, really important to me that I, I like. Lay it out for me. Dak Prescott came out and probably did one of the toughest things you could ever do. He... Admitted he needed help. He admitted yep. that he's human, and he admitted that he was going through a tough time. Love that. You know, what also took strength was doing that to the media. Like I'm sure he told his right. teammates, but you know what the media did? Well, Skip Bayless in particular. There were some others. They turned him into a I don't even know, like a a soft tissue, like like a Barbie doll. Totally disrespectful, yeah. but you know what that does? When stuff like that happens, your boys, back who, you who you fight with every day at practice, great point. They have your back, but you can't bet on just sentiment, right? You know that's that's Fair. foolish. I, I'm just gonna go through. Uh, I'm gonna do a quick rundown of this elite defense. Let's break it down. Demarcus Lawrence, oh. Don Terry Poe. Tristan Hill, go charge on. Oh, okay. Tyrone Crawford, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, Alden Smith, Anthony Brown, Darian Thompson. I love Xavier Woods and Tra- Trayvon Diggs as a rookie starting. One thing about this off uh, this defense that I really like is size and speed. They have a lot of big players who are really fast. They can cover a lot of ground. And they I feel like they've been lacking that a little bit in the secondary. They've had that with Smith and Van Der Esch on, on that side. Yes. In the secondary now. Are are we I mean, is it is it unfair for us to overhype the boys this year? Because I feel like they're hyped every year. Yeah. But they have a really good team this year. Buddy. Very good. Like not just for this game, which I, I I'm also McCarthy all, coming I'm in. I'm all to, over the to boys change the minus three here. Yeah. But sorry, I would continue. The defense was never the problem for the Cowboys. Right. It was the offense. Yeah, it was. So what does the offense do? They add another C. weapon. CeeDee Lamb. C. Lamb. Lamb. I do fully expect a lot of the um, wide receivers, the rookie wide receivers, to not have huge impacts week one. Right. S- smaller training camp. But think about it. Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup out-snapped Amari Cooper. You have a guy like Amari Cooper who everyone knows is an amazing player. But you have your number two receiver who has an even better relationship with the quarterback. Right. And Cooper, we know, is a reliable number one guy. Yes. Like, that's who he is. Like, yep. so, so it's like, yeah, Gallup outsnapped him. But Cooper, we already know he's number one. Gallup is number one material. Yes. It's crazy. At number two on the outside. And and that's why you saw those stats last year where, you know, he actually had more touchdowns and more yards toward the end of the yeah. year than Cooper. And now you throw C.D. Lamb in there. Don't forget about Zeke. Zeke. You got Dak Prescott almost thrown for 5,000 yards. Amazing offensive line. Last year. Still got that amazing, strong offensive you line. You Dak playing on the tag. You know he's going to. Yep. Look at Kirk Cousins when he was playing on the tag. Yeah. 
Dak is going to have, he's going to feast this season. Which I hope the Cowboys, you know, end up paying him. But, you know, Dak comes in here and he has another great season. It's going to be hard not to. You can't, you can't ignore that. And then on the other side of the ball, you have the Los Angeles Rams. Last year, they did not deserve to win nine games. Um, A lot of what happened to them, their defense carried them. I don't think the Rams did anything to address the offensive line. They got weaker offensively. And I don't think Jared Goff is that good. 16 interceptions on the season last year. He definitely had a really down year. And I think that the, you know, it seems like the Rams are overmatched right now by this Cowboys team. Yes. And think about this for a second, Brad. I think this is really interesting. So not last year's playoffs, but the year before, the Cowboys... Uh, went into Los Angeles. This was the year the Rams won the Super Bowl. Yep. And the Cowboys were completely overmatched. How so much can change in just a couple years? Because I feel like no one is going to say that McVay isn't a great coach, and he is. But right now, I don't think the Rams really have the talent. They, they, they don't have the pieces to go yeah. for McVay. Losing Cooks to them is going to be a lot more than they thought, too. Oh, that's huge. And the Rams defense gave up 113 rushing yards per game last yes. year. Now you got Zeke coming in here. I mean, these boys, I think, are going to be hungry, and it's only a three-point spread. I was looking around at, like, the defense. Like, who did they surround um, Aaron Donald with? It's like, it kind of reminds me of when J.J. Watt started to really ball before they started surrounding him with pieces. And that's what kind of like what Aaron Donald's. Like, this defensive line is, you have Aaron Donald, but you're double-teaming every game. I don't think they, yeah, their pass rush is amazing, but I don't think they plug up any holes on, on their rush defense. I also found this little nugget for the Rams. Their last seven games as home dogs, they're 0-7 straight up. And to me, oh my God. It, you know my philosophy. Like A three-point spread to me is basically a pick em Absolutely. Because it, it, it's barely ever a three-point yep. game. Someone is going to break away on, on either side. Yep. So to me, a pick em Not playing well as home underdogs. Vegas sees something here. Now, what's funny to me is my roommate is a Cowboys fan. And I told him as soon as I saw the line, I was like, guess what the spread is? He's like... It's Cowboys minus three, isn't it? Because it's always Cowboys yeah. minus three or plus three. Uh, but this time... That's, what, that's The Cowboys are an 800 team. Right. You know, I mean, a 500 team. Right. right. I mean, and this is the same team that lost to the Jets last year. Yeah. It's hard to tell what Cowboys team you're going to get from week to week, especially when they went eight and eight last year, yeah. right? But I really think that this boys team is good enough, especially with... I'm not too impressed with the Eagles in that division. No, not impressed with the Eagles at all. I think the boys could win 11 or 12 games this year. I think so, too. Um... I think this is a really good spot from the start of the season off I because too. I think the Rams are good enough to give them a challenge, but not good enough to beat them. So it's going to be a tougher game than a double digit win, but it will be a win for the Cowboys and it'll get them on the, the right side of that 1-0, 0-1. You want to start the season off 1-0? Um, I listened to uh, Colin, oh, man. Um, Coward? No, um, drawing a blank. Um, played for the Bengals. Um, announcer. Oh, whatever his name was. Blanked. Whatever. Um, Collinsworth. Collinsworth, okay, yeah. Um, I, I heard him say something yesterday, and I wanted to bring this up. He said, you never want to start the season 0-1. You always want to start the season 1-0 because you're always looking behind when you're 0-1 and you're always looking forward 1-0. And when I thought I thought about it for a long time, I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> Shut up. But it is so true. Brilliant analysis. But, yeah, I mean, it's true. Well, what's crazy with the NFL, too, is the the uh, percentages 
and the stats that they bring out within like okay after one game after two games yes. or after uh and this is your percentage to make the playoffs yes it's crazy to see like the difference between three and one and one and three yes or two and oh and oh and two it's yeah. like two and oh is you know like a 67 percent chance to make the playoffs oh and two is like a third you know it's crazy every game matters it every starts week one game. i think they start off to a good one uh miles Tell me what we got on tabs for the next game. Oh, get ready for this one. Here we go. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about it? And the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are minus three and a half. Talk about another game I cannot wait to watch. Joey Burrow is going to be making his debut at this time, but that's why they created Red Zone. Yes. So I can have that on the other TV. I cannot wait to see what Tom Brady in this Bucks offense comes out and does against the Saints oh, in man. New Orleans. Definitely not the same Superdome. We know that, but still a great matchup. Uh, this one was really hard for me, but here's here's what it comes down to. All right, we got a three and a half point spread. I think that this season, I think the Saints are going to win it. Uh, are are going to beat the Bucks in New Orleans, and I think the Bucks are going to beat the Saints in Tampa. Yes, that's just how I feel about it. I'm not going to pick the Bucks plus three and a half because, again, three and a half is almost like a pick em to me. I think the winner is going to you know, win by seven, eight, or nine. So I am going to lean towards the Saints here. Love the over. I'm I'm buying the high-scoring game. I think it's 47 and a half. I'm taking that. Yeah, I think so, you got up to 40, 48 and a half now. Yeah. yeah. I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking the Saints here in a really high-scoring game. I think both offenses are going to be lit up. Miles, Who you, got? you know, as a Bucks fan, I, we got Leonard Fournette. Yeah. We got Chris Godwin. Yeah. Is Evans gonna play? We got Gronk. Uh Evans should be playing. Bucks seven three and one against the spread oh. on the road. But then you gotta imagine you have the New Orleans Saints stocked with talent in a sneaky good acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, it was. One thing they needed was another weapon that was a reliable weapon. Like Ted Ginn, we know what Tegan offers. I can't believe he's still in the league. Um, I think that it's easy uh, as a casual better to go on the side and be like, hey, I'm going to bet on the Bucks, Tom Brady. Um, but we got to remember the, the the New Orleans Saints, 11-4 and four against a spread in their last uh, 15 games. This team, they don't care about Rojo. They don't care about Leonard Fournette because why? They have a stout defense. Fourth against the rush um, and 11th overall. I fully expect Tom Brady to go in there and sling it because he's happy to have targets. But you know what the best part about that is? The difference between Tom Brady not having targets, I mean not having people to throw to in New England and in Tampa Bay is Tampa has some kind of a running game now. Um, But still, I don't think they're ready. I think this Tampa Bay Bucks team makes the playoffs. But I do think they start off one and two or two and one. I don't think it's going to be the glorious start win week one. I don't think that's going to happen. Tom Brady himself admitted that he's still getting used to his new teammates, still getting to know the offense. You have to imagine this is a man who spent what fifteen years in one one play one skeleton of a playbook that was just added layers each right. year. Now he's going to this cake that Arians has already built. Arians left which they build this cake, and Tom Brady's got to break it down figure out every ingredient inside it, and then make it his own. You know, that doesn't happen over a summer. But the best thing for Brady is they're playing football. Because you start playing football, it starts coming to you a little bit faster when you're, when you're getting hit in the face, hit in the mouth. And you all know Tom Brady is a gamer. But I have to take New Orleans Saints minus three and a half. And I will be on the over as well. 
Nice. Yeah, I uh, I am with you here for a lot of the same reasons. I think that with Tampa Bay, it's this offense is a completely different team. It's, no one's talking about the defense, though. Tampa Bay does have a good defense, oh, they, too. So. They have a really good defense. I mean, absolutely, because... For me, the problem the problem was never the defense. Yeah. It was Jameis throwing 30 picks in a season. Yes. I mean, that, that was the problem. Yep. If Jameis throws just 15 interceptions last year, I think the Bucs make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think it was that kind of situation. I literally said, the ex- <laughs> I said the, that exact same thing today. Yeah. I said if, or I said that yesterday, I said if Jameis Winston throws half his interceptions, we're a playoff team. Right. So that's how good the pieces are. And in Brady's Tampa. not throwing 15 picks. No. Uh, I think I saw some crazy stat where it's like Brady's thrown 19 picks in like the last like three two three i don't know it, it was like winston threw way more picks than brady has thrown in a long time that's crazy i mean that's that's what it comes down to right but with this offense they're gonna need some time yeah. you know it, it reminds me of like when you bring together like a big three in basketball or, yeah you know it, it they're not great right away you like know, when they have that rough start time. in the big three and then by the time playoffs start rolling around you're like wow they're really good exactly i think that you know i i, I see tampa as like a 10 and 6 wildcard team this year um but I see that as a floor for them. Yeah. Um, but I but I do see them losing this game on Sunday. Um, man, it pains not, me to say it, but but it's but if Tom Brady can go in there, I did get a risk, one? I did get a risk free bet, a little free play. Um, so I took the highest value. I obviously took Tampa Bay money line. It cost me nothing. There you go. So I'll be rooting for the Bucks because I'm not betting, not physically gonna bet this. But guys, if you want to take the Saints, I'm fully on board. Also, uh, just a little nugget here. Uh, Saints are 0-6 against the spread in their last six Week 1 games. So, tread carefully. They always play the Bucs? That's what it feels like. Tread carefully, but I mean, uh, that's got to be broken eventually. So, uh, I I like that here. Also, uh, straight up record here. Saints are 9-3 in their last 12 home games against division opponents. So, uh, again, not the same Superdome, but really like the Saints at home. All right, what's next? Uh, next, we have the Cleveland Browns traveling to the MVP Ooh. Baltimore Ravens. Seven-point favorites for the Ravens here, Miles. Uh, Browns one and four against the spread in their last five games, but Browns did a lot this offseason. Again, they ha- again again they had probably one of the best drafts from a fix where your fix where your holes are standpoint. Yeah. Uh, picking up Wills Jr., picking up Delpit, Jordan Phillips. Um, oh man, I should have the guy, the guy from uh, the defensive tackle from Michigan. They fixed a lot of holes, but to me, and I am so sorry, I'm about to disrespect the crap out of Baker Mayfield. To me, I think he is just another Oklahoma quarterback. I do not think he's special. I think that there, this he will throw two interceptions this game against that stout Ravens defense. And then Lamar Jackson will just be able to chill. It will be close for a little bit, but seven points. I think this is a ten-point game for the for the Ravens. Ravens nine and two against the spread in their last eleven. The pressure's off Lamar. People think Lamar has the pressure. When you play the kind of football that Lamar Jackson plays, there's no pressure because what were the biggest knocks that Lamar Jackson had throughout the season? Is he couldn't throw the ball. No one's expecting him to win this game with his arm. If Lamar Jackson even got incrementally better with his accuracy and his precision, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks from a completion standpoint, but, I mean, like, adding a little touch to the accuracy, I think that he will be even more elite. And there's no expectations for him to do that. Right, and Lamar Jackson can win regular season games with his legs like it's nothing. I mean, that's that's not where the issue is. You know, I, I was all over him in the playoffs because I said... If you have the time and you have the talent in a playoff game to to build the right game plan around yeah. him, I mean, you could shut him down. Mike Vrabel shut him 
down yes. in that playoff game. He was lost. But that's not to say that Lamar Jackson isn't an MVP. Yeah. And that's also not to say that Lamar Jackson can't adjust Correct. when playoff time comes around. But when we're talking about the regular season, Lamar Jackson can just do his thing. And no pressure. No pressure. Having said that, I am taking the Browns here plus seven. This at this spread at one point was uh, sitting at uh, eight or so. So I yeah. think a lot of people are going towards the Browns. I mean, last year, the Browns beat the Ravens 40 to 25 in a game. But then the Ravens didn't lose a game after that. Yep. Uh, until that playoff game. The Ravens were scolding hot down the stretch on both sides of the ball. Uh, and I really don't know where I stand on Baker yet. Uh, I agree that I don't think he's he is an elite quarterback and he never will be. Yeah. But I think that the Browns are going to have enough offense here to at least keep it within a touchdown. I'm even going to say watch out for the upset here. We're going to see some upsets on Sunday. And yeah. I, I think that this is this is a spot where we could see that just because I think the AFC North is going to be so competitive this year. I think the Bengals are going to be in a lot of games. I think the Bengals are actually going to cover a lot of spreads. Uh, yeah, They're not going to win a lot of games. I, I think the Bengals, I mean, I picked Joey Burrow as, as my second tier uh, offensive rookie of the year. I can You can, obviously can't put him as your first tier because plus 250 doesn't win you a ton of money, so I put a smaller wager on that. Um, but one thing I like about the Ravens um, offensively, so the Ravens, you know, had they they had a lot of age and and lack of talent at the running back position. Uh, Mark Ingram didn't didn't honestly play that many snaps. Um, now they 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 bring in uh, Justice Hill, so now you have a a Punisher and a in in a Mark Ingram and a, and a smooth running back to spell him. Yeah, I think that does numbers for the longevity of Mark Ingram's career. But also, you can play Mark Ingram thirty five percent of the snaps and not miss a step. I think that when you had like a Gus Edwards come in, their offense kind of I didn't expect Gus Edwards to gain have a four have anything more than 4 yards on a run. I think he was averaging like 2.8 yards per attempt. I th- could be totally wrong. That's, that was just a mental math. Yeah. But now when you start, you know, adding youth to that, a good running back, I think it's pretty good. I'm excited to see um what happens here with the uh with with Hollywood Brown too. Um Oh, I think I think he's Primed for a big year. Big year. He was. I think he's a great fit. You know, for, he came into the season the not all that healthy, um, and you could kind of see like at the end of the season he started to, to to tune it up a little bit more because you miss time when you when you're hurt. Yeah, you, you could be in the playbook all you want, but it's about building that rhythm. Um, so I'm taking the seven. It, I, I totally understand uh, fading that at this point, but I do think that the Ravens, um, you know, they have something to prove. Yeah, they, they have. It was a tough loss. Last tough year. loss. Tough loss. Uh, speaking of youth at running back, I cannot wait to see how they start using J.K. Dobbins. That's what I meant. I said just. So I said I meant to say J.K. Dobbins. Right now they well, well I mean they they brought in Justice Hill yeah, last but, year. Which yeah, is yeah. What I, I thought you meant. I, I meant to say J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. I knew they had Justice I Hill. Mean, I mean, I I just can't <laughs> wait to see how how they start to integrate him in the offense. And now I know that there that, that there was a lot of hype around him, like fantasy wise. So people do understand the talent that he has. But coming from a guy who watched him for years, boys and girls, Dobbins is. I'm elite. glad you said it because I, I was just Justice Hilling it right all through my head. I met J.K. Dobbins and huge and, and there's a huge <laughs> difference. I mean I mean Dobbins is a bruiser. Yes. I mean he rushed for two thousand yards last year at Ohio State. I mean he was he was so reliable. He played hurt in, in the playoff, and he's a guy who can he can move the break chains. away it, and move the chains. I when I when I think about Dobbins, I think about this is what my comparison. I used the wrong player. You think about a guy like a Gus Edwards who 
you you don't think like if you put him in you, on short down situation, you 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 think he's gonna get the two or three yards. With a guy like Dobbins, I think he ha- he's more than capable for that to be four, eight, yeah, ten. Just he's uh, he's kind of like this is a terrible analogy when it comes to to body build, but like kind of game rhythm kind of player. He's kind of like how you watch Derrick Henry, where you think that this run is going to be this like. Two and three yard run because it's sec it's third and one, third and, one yeah. and then Dobbins is gone. Right. Yeah, and he, and he proved that time and time again. And not to mention Dobbins, I think is just as just as effective in the eye formation as he is in the shotgun. Yeah. I don't say that about every college running back, especially college quarterbacks. I think that there is a big difference, and I think that does have a lot to do with you know how successful you are right away in the NFL. Yes. I think Dobbins is going to be really comfortable, and I think he's going to be able to do whatever they ask of him. So. However, they want to use him, and I think that they're going to start using him more than people think right, right off the bat. I do too. I think he he's one of the running backs who uh, you know is coming behind a veteran who can make an immediate impact um, because he's a guy who can kind of do everything. And uh, you yeah, know, he's a good blocker too. Yeah, I think about like and why I say do everything, and this is totally off topic. But I think about like a Jonathan Taylor. Like, I don't see Jonathan Taylor as like a do everything guy. Taylor is a one dimensional. running I think back. that Jonathan Taylor will end up taking. Um, uh, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's spot. Agree. I, but I don't think he's a plug-in. Game one, it has an immediate impact. Right. Yeah. I and, digress. And, and Taylor is a very talented running back. Yes. But, but really, he's he's he's, he's kind of one-dimensional. Whereas Dobbins, he, he can do it all. And, and, yeah. and he he really developed at Ohio State. And he he turned into a great product. And I, I think he's going to be exciting to watch in the NFL. All right. What's our uh, finale here? Miles, this is my upset of the week. <clears throat> I'm gonna go and throw it out there. We have the the banged up Eagles. We might as well call them the the Philadelphia oh, yeah. Crutches Eagles. Oh, yeah. Um, they are a six point favorite traveling to the Washington Football Team. Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team. Lazy, lazy, lazy. <laughs> but listen to me, guys. This I have zero notes on this. By the way, zero notes on this because Get I have out. been excited to talk about this game since we. Knew we were having football since Adrian Peterson left. There's so many things that are happening to this Washington football team that are suiting them so wonderfully. Adrian Peterson was a thousand yard rusher. Did he get a thousand last year? Yes. Man, you wouldn't even know. I, I don't care what you guys say. Adrian Peterson's old and is washed. I watched that game. Adrian, you so now you have an Adrian Peterson who lacks. 100% versatility. I mean, Adrian Peterson's running the ball. He's not pass catcher. Now you get to start a guy like Antonio Gibson, who was supposed to be uh, last year's Daryl Henderson, you know? Yeah. I think that Antonio Gibson has a chance at plus 200,000 to be offensive rookie of the year. Why I say that? The Redskins have a simple schedule. Very easy. Fourth fourth easiest schedule in, in the National Football League. But you have a guy in Dwayne Haskins who had his lumps and his bruises last year, right? Now he now he's in year two. A little bit of pressure knows that no excuses now. Yeah, I I wrote down that this was a do-over for Dwayne yeah, Haskins what, this year, especially with a new coach. What really helps me, Ron Rivera won't be on the sidelines. We all know about the cancer, but what really helps Haskins is he knows his defense will be elite. That defensive line is, and I'm sorry anybody who thinks that it's not, is the best defensive line in the country. Just like my take earlier in college football, excuse me, 
when you have any, a great defensive line putting pressure on a quarterback, it makes life so much easier. Now you have a Carson Wentz who I didn't even know he was going to play. He was just hurt. How does Carson Wentz come out and play? Who's playing wide receiver? Nobody. How is Miles Sanders? I think Miles Sanders would be good, but who's blocking in Philadelphia? They're getting banged up at every position offensively where this works for Washington because you have a lot of guys who haven't played together, uh, offense that's not going to have rhythm. Now you can just have your Chase Youngs, you have your Andersons, pin their heads back and go after the fragile, half-broken quarterback. I bought so the line when I got it was six and a half. It's moved from six to six and a half. I don't think you have to buy the half a point because I have this as an outright winner. I bought the half a point to seven because this is my surprise team of the year. The Washington Redskins will not win the Super Bowl. I don't think the Washington Redskins will make the playoffs. Vegas has their win total set at four and a half. I think the Washington Redskins have a very good chance of going 800. And I think Dwayne Haskins has a chance to finally enjoy all the hard work he put in 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 college and in high school and have fun. That was what he was missing. I mean, you think about it. You have Scary Terry who came onto the scene. You have Steven Sims who nobody even knows about is, is an amazing wide receiver they have every piece they need. Uh, Ron Rivera in opening games as an underdog is covered like 19. Was, how many times has he been in the league? He's covered like 10 straight. I know he's not going to be out there, but you know he's talking to his boys. Well, didn't we? This was the match in week one last year, right? Because I think the Redskins covered last year yeah, too. Yeah. And I think the spread was a lot yeah. bigger. I like this as my... You got me fired up, Ian. Also, I remember when you sent me like your your analysis of why you're taking Redskins you know, over total. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. obviously. Over four and a half. And to, not to mention, man, Chase Young. I cannot wait to see what Chase I Young cannot does in wait. his uh, first NFL game. Somebody asked me... I'll let you do your analysis. Sorry, yeah, I'm so boxing. No, no, Someone yeah, asked me, um, do they have a chance to win defensive player of the, rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year? And I said... Absolutely, because I think about the defensive players that 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 came out. Chase Young is hands down when I they make an immediate impact. Chance Chase Young has hands down the easiest chance, the easiest division, and the easiest off. He's all season in their division. They are going against broken and battered offensive lines. What a what a blessing! Yeah. All right, so. I'm going to take Eagles minus six. Yes. And it's it's a popular pick. Yeah. And it, it's a pick where there's just so many unknowns on both sides. Like, obviously, we know the players and yeah. we know the situations. But I'll just I'll go with the historically better team here with the Eagles minus six. I took Browns plus seven there. That, that'll that be my, uh, my, my upset pick of the week. <laughs> but, um, I mean, okay. So, they lost two starters on the offensive line already. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they don't have any receivers healthy. I think they have Deshaun Jackson healthy. Uh, can't believe he's still in the league. Now, uh, I will say, Ertz and Goddard are going to have to have big games for huge. Carson Wentz to find any kind of rhythm in this game. Um, Rager, they don't even know if he's going to play. They right. actually moved him from doubtful to questionable. Quickest quickest um, recovery from a shoulder injury I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But I think it's just because they don't have players. No. I, I, and they're... They were shorthanded last year too. Yeah, I mean, this is something... that This is a problem that they've been running into a lot. I think Washington is going to come out here and... 
Haskins is going to be excited to play. I think Gibson, obviously, is going to come in hot like Edward Tolaire did. Then yep. we see a lot of these rookie running backs who, if they're getting the chances, they're going to come in yes. on fire. Uh, tough not to have a preseason to not get prepared, but really, that really that's just less tape that the, you know the opposing team has on you. Yep. I was really impressed with with Edward Tolaire last night, so that I can see you know these big games happening yes. for a guy like Gibson too. Yeah, I, I think like when you have the versatile running backs, like the running backs who are really versatile. In their, I think you said this actually. In their rookies, they haven't. It's easier adjustment because they. Right. All it takes is one thing, one aspect of their versatile game to get them going, and then they're settled into yeah. the game. They're settled into the season. Yeah. And they know their role. They know what they can do well. And think about the connections. He was in that Mike Norvell offense. Yeah. Mike Norvell knew how to use him. Yeah. He doesn't have a ton of college stats, but it's just he was so exp- he had so many playmakers. Yeah. And, and he was so explosive. He knew how to use him. I think that the Redskins will, will will get there as well, and I really hope that Haskins can kind of come into his own this year. He took a lot of criticism last year, which, uh, on uh, in my opinion, I think it was total bullshit because number one, it was a complete throwaway year. Yeah, and uh, who was it? Uh, Jay Gruden, and he just he was completely checked out. Yeah, he was just trying to make sure that he could get another job. So yep. he, he he didn't have Haskins' best interest in mind. No, not a chance. So. And- as as football fans, we know there will be a second year or third year quarterback who will make a major leap. That's true. It happens every year. And I'm taking him and Kyler both to make major leaps. I like Kyler Murray a lot too. Kyler, yeah. since we're already talking about week one, sure. Kyler Murray, I already put my bet in as the MVP this year. I why not, right? I mean, I could see him odds. having a very Lamar Jackson-esque year, yeah. especially with all the weapons that he's been given. And so the difference between, like, uh, I think, like, a, a Kansas City with Mahomes, I think that you'll see this a lot now that the Chiefs are finally a complete team. Mahomes' stats are going to go down a little bit, where you have Kyler Murray, like... He's going to ball. Now he's got a, a real target. Yeah. Like, Fitz is a target, but you, you're not sending Fitz on a, on a go route right. to win a jump ball. You're sending Hop. You're going to send Nuke out there, yeah. and... Man, this is exciting. Yeah, I think Kyler's going to ball this year. I think it's going to be a really exciting year in the NFL where, you know, we're really starting to see, like, I think we saw it with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, like this change of regime. Yeah, the change of the like, guard, I, man. I really think that starts, that's starting to happen. Yeah. And it's it's going to be even more prevalent this year as we move forward where, you know, we know the Chiefs are going to be there. Yep. We know the Ravens are going to, you know, we have these new teams emerging, you know, where are the Bucks going to fit into that? Where are yep. the Saints going to fit into that? They still have Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they've been robbed in the playoffs more times than I can count. So, you know, there's, again, g- there's going to be a lot of factors at play here, but, you know, I, I actually have hope, Brad, that maybe come 2021 and the playoffs roll around, Maybe we can have some fans in the stands. I think, like real fans in the stands, not 17,000 fans in the stands. Um, I was talking about, oh man, now I'm drawing a blank, but I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you offline. There's a team, and I'll put it on Twitter for you guys to see. There's a team that I was uh, thinking about their win total um, where all of their hard games, all their hard home games are in November. And I was like, we could probably have some fans in November. Imagine being a team like that who gets like an easy, light schedule to start the season. Early. Yeah. And then your harder games are, are at home or, and like you, you might have fans. Um, one thing I was, uh, I was in a meeting for um, the Citrus Bowl. Uh, you know, guys, you know, I'm on the committee. Of course. <laughs> um, and, you know, they said something. They were like, if we can have fans, like if 
the state allows to have fans. Jam we one. will have bands. Yeah. And I am so glad for that. I think it's going to be, you know, again, it, it's an election year, so let's see what happens after the election. Let's yep. see the result of that. And it's just, it's kind of hard to tell the direction that America is going in right now. And for me, again, sorry to get political again, but I, no, you're good. I'm just so upset at, well, if it goes in this direction, we're all doomed. If it goes in this direction, we're all, why can't we all just be like, okay, no matter what happens, we're going to fix this. Yeah. And we're going to move forward and God, let's, let's get our sports back. Let's get our, let's get the fans back. Let's get a sense of normalcy back and let's do it together instead of fighting each other on what the best way to do it is. Yes. Because that's why the Big Ten is not playing football. Yep. I totally agree. Because, because, because we're all fighting with each other on, well, this is what's right and this is what's right and this is what's right. At this point, what's right is finding a way, finding a safe way for everybody to go about their lives as normal as possible. Look at all of us working from home. Yeah. Look at okay, so so that was our company in particular. A lot of companies saying, yeah. okay, in order to be as safe as we can, this is what we're gonna do for the remainder of the year. Yep. No one's going into the office. Why can't football be any different? Yep. Whereas, okay, guys, if we if we want to play this year, this is what we're gonna do. Yep. All right, everyone's gonna come into the facility. You're gonna do this. You can't go here. You can go here. Like the I Chiefs mean, with their proximity monitors. So the, the best decision is strap up proximity monitors. That way, if someone caught COVID, you would know who they've been around on the team. You can quarantine them, and we just go about our business. And baseball it dealt with it, folks. I mean, people want to talk down on baseball, but I actually think for what they had working for them, they did a great job. Yes. I mean, they had outbreaks that could have shut down the entire season. Yes. And yet here we are, no more outbreaks. Yeah. And he- headed towards the playoffs. Yeah. And everyone's playing the same amount of games. They're making them up with double headers. Yep. They're doing a great job with scheduling. It's amazing. Great job with testing. Great job with information. I, baseball is proving that it can be done. And why did those outbreaks happen? I mean, because uh, I remember, what was I think it was the, the Marlins. It was because they went out. They, they, yeah. they broke rules. Yes. That's going to happen. Yep. But you find a way to work around it, and then you tell those guys, okay, if okay, if that's how you want to play it, then you can't be on the team. If you break the rules, you're done. I mean, and especially in college football. Yeah. That's easy. They're kids. They'll be like. They're students. That's easy to enforce. I'm done? You mean I'm done? Like, done, done? Yes, like, you're done. Like, I can't play? Yes, and you're done. It's just mind-boggling to me. One thing I forgot to mention before we sign off is that the Rutgers president actually said that he was going to vote no because Donald Trump wants the Big Ten to play football. He came out and said that. It's like, why why does that have to be a reason? Why can't you just want your team to play football? I understand you're not going to win a game this year. I get it. But <laughs> here's the thing. If you are Rutgers, you are in our conference, all right? You are a part of the Big Ten. Yeah. This has to be unity, but it's not. Like, like there is no unity. And that's why, Brad, when they vote next week, they will vote not to play. We we do not have enough votes, and it it makes me sick to think that we do not have enough votes in our own conference to play football games. That that makes me more sad than anything else because now I can't back up the Big Ten anymore. Forever. This will forever ruin my entire outlook. On the Big Ten, and it just it, it breaks my heart. So so now it's Ohio State versus everybody else, everybody, and 
but I don't like that mentality. Yeah. It's no. like, you know how the, the SEC is so prideful because they have so much to be proud of. Yeah. There's the SEC chant that you hear throughout stadiums and in bowl games because there's so much pride. That's how it should be. Yeah. And when it comes to the Big Ten, we we have that. It's not the same as the SEC. It, it's, it's the Big Ten chasing them. But now you add this to the mix and you had this situation, we're not coming back from this. Yeah. And you can call me dramatic and you can, and you can say that that it's there's there's people who don't see what a big deal it is. And again, for for ESPN to to downplay and say, "Well, it's the safe thing to do." And then cover all these SEC games and all these Big 12. Yeah. Oh, but here we go. Look at the slate college game day going to Wake Forest for <laughs> for week 1. It's just it's it's just mind-boggling to me that there's just no uh, transparency. There's no cohesiveness. There's uh, nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I'm lost, man. Like, like I really am. It, it hurts me. It hurts me to feel that way. And usually, uh, I love the NFL. Obviously, like yeah. I talk about it. I love football. But Brad, when it comes to Saturday versus Sunday, I'm all about Saturday. Saturday, that's my legit. day. Yeah, you know, Sunday is the day where I'm chilling and I'm watching the games. But Saturday, I'm out there. And watching games from freaking 12 p.m. to 3 a.m. I mean, that's that's yeah. it. That's football to me. Now it's a situation where I've never been more excited for an NFL Sunday. Yeah. Because, you know, cultural bowl isn't there. Saving the bulk of my uh, alcohol consumption for Sunday. <laughs> right. Say that. I mean, that's isn't that weird, though? Yeah. Because that's how I'm that's how I'm in my mind, too. I'm like, well, I might as well party on Sunday. <laughs> now that we're going to the on bar. Saturday. We're not going to the bar <laughs> to watch the beautiful slate of games. Right. So. Man, I'm good. All right, Miles. I'm sorry, dude. Let's let's uh let's win some freaking money. Yeah, let's win some money. Let's let's go into the season and you know have have as good of a football season as we can. I, th- I think I think that's that's what we can do. I think we can do that, guys. Uh, please be sure to like, rate, subscribe. We're on YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. We're everywhere. iTunes. It's what's the spread? I hope you guys have a fantastic week.